97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. Behind the Song is powered by DuPage Credit Union. If you're anything like my husband and I, spending this much time at home has made us think of all the home renovations we want to do. And with home equity loan rates the lowest they've been in years, it's the perfect time to kickstart your home renovations and talk to the experts at DuPage Credit Union. Whether you're looking for a fixed-rate home equity loan or a HELOC, they make it so simple to get the funds you need fast. For credit costs and terms or to apply, visit DuPageCU.com. That's DuPageCU.com. DuPage Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 445096. By member's choice, this institution is not federally insured. Do tennis and rock and roll go together? Well, at least on one occasion, the answer is yes. There are rock and roll songs that have come to serve as a complement to sports, of course. For example, We Will Rock You by Queen is probably the most played stadium anthem the world over. Center Field by John Fogarty, written about his love of baseball, made him the only musician to be included in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, which became synonymous with boxing when it was the theme song for Rocky III, was written for the film by the band at Sylvester Stallone's request. But tennis? Well, yes. Tennis and rock and roll came together in a big way when Elton John convinced Bernie Taupin to write lyrics for a song he had in mind as a tribute to his friend, tennis champ Billie Jean King. Philadelphia Freedom was born. And what a story. Elton John and Billie Jean King met in 1973, a couple of years before the song was written and released as a single in 1975. They met at a party and hit it off immediately, beginning a friendship based on mutual admiration that remains to this day. John is a longtime, well-documented sports fan, and King said she always wanted to play the piano growing up. That friendship evolved into decades of philanthropy as well. The two have used their celebrity to create awareness around equal rights, LGBTQ issues, and social change, practically since the day they met. That year, 1973, was a banner year for both Elton John and for Billie Jean King. John released his classic double album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road which became a huge success and is what many consider to be his masterpiece. King had become a superstar in the tennis world. She swept the Triple Crown at Wimbledon, taking the singles, women's doubles, and mixed doubles titles. She founded the Women's Tennis Association, which brought women more equality in the game. And on that same note, she played a huge part in getting the U.S. Open to pay out the same prize money to female winners that their male counterparts were awarded. It was also in 1973 that she played and won the Battle of the Sexes against Bobby Riggs, a boisterous former Triple Crown winner at Wimbledon and a self-proclaimed male chauvinist. Riggs had his heyday back in the 30s and 40s and was considered back then to be the number one male tennis player in the world. By the time the 70s rolled around, he was playing exhibition matches and promotional challenges for cash. At age 55, 
Riggs claimed that women were so inferior to men at tennis that even at his age, he could beat the best female players in the game. He repeatedly challenged the 29-year-old King since she was the reigning female champ. And King finally accepted the challenge to the tune of a $100,000 winner-take-all prize. The King-Riggs match created a publicity avalanche. When it was played at the Houston Astrodome in September of 73, over 30,000 people were in attendance. And the worldwide TV audience was over 90 million, with 50 million in the U.S. alone. And it was a spectacle worthy of professional wrestling. King appeared at the match dressed as Cleopatra, carried on a gold litter by men. And Riggs showed up in a rickshaw pulled by females, wearing a jacket that said Sugar Daddy. Howard Cosell called the match, which King won hands down. Billie Jean King's victory over Bobby Riggs went down in history, validating women's place in competitive sports, and it was a huge moment for women's rights in the world at large. No other tennis match has ever been so widely viewed, and King said afterward that the pressure was immense for her. She said that losing was not an option, and that it would have set women back 50 years if she hadn't won. She also said that beating a 55-year-old guy was no thrill. The thrill was exposing a lot of new people to tennis. There is no other moment in sports history that created such a ripple effect in terms of the boost given to women's self-esteem, whether playing a sport or not. And who was watching that match from a hotel room in Los Angeles? Elton John. He screamed so loudly at the TV when she won that he lost his voice and said afterward that she just had to win because Riggs was so cocky and arrogant. He absolutely loved it. The following year, King was signed as a player coach to the Philadelphia Freedoms, a world tennis team charter franchise. King had founded the WTT with her then-husband, Larry King, a college tennis player who she had been married to since 1965. The idea was to create a league in which women and men played the game together. And with the Philadelphia Freedoms, King became the first woman to coach a tennis team that included male players. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elton John was a huge fan of the team and often watched their matches in the stands wearing the team's uniform. It was during this time in 1974 that he was working on his next album, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, with his longtime lyricist, Bernie Taupin. And that album was nearly complete 
but he felt inspired to create a song for King, centered around the spirit of her victory in the Battle of the Sexes over Riggs, and so asked Toppin to come up with some lyrics for it, a request that Toppin said was a tall order at the time, and very different from how he and John typically wrote a song together. He told John that he struggled to write lyrics having to do with tennis, but took the name of Philadelphia Freedom after King's team for its title, and he went from there. King had actually chosen the name of Freedom for the team, saying that it was a word that meant a lot to her personally. And there was something about titling a song Philadelphia Freedom that had a certain ring to it, pardon the pun, at that time. America was just about to celebrate its bicentennial, with Philadelphia the home of the Liberty Bell, the symbol of American independence. And the Philadelphia soul sound of groups like the OJs and the Stylistics was popular, playing on radios across the country. So, Toppin took the title he admitted was pretty tough to find anything to rhyme with and delivered lyrics which were basically just feel-good lines for John to sing, making good on the request from John to honor King with a song. And it starts like this. I used to be a rolling stone. You know, if the cause was right, I'd have to find the answer on the road. I used to be a heart beating for someone, but the times have changed. And the less I say, the more my work gets done. There's something so American about the concept of a rolling stone, gathering no moss and moving on. Something freeing about that concept. An old saying made popular by blues legend Muddy Waters. So while this verse doesn't necessarily have anything to do directly with King or her historic tennis match, the feeling of it is in lockstep with the idea of American independence, something that wasn't missed by the record-buying public as America was about to celebrate its 200th year. John admitted that this was one of the few songs that he and Toppin wrote that was actually created to be a hit, and they achieved that when it went to number one in the U.S., and on to the chorus. Because I live and breathe this Philadelphia freedom. From the day that I was born, I waved a flag. Philadelphia freedom took me knee-high to a man. Gave me peace of mind my daddy never had. Philadelphia freedom, shine on me, I love it. Shine the light through the eyes of the one left behind. Shine the light. Shine the light. Shine the light, won't you shine the light? Philadelphia freedom, I love you. Yes, I do. On the back of the single, on the sleeve, it says that the song is dedicated with love to BJK and the music of Philadelphia. That's the shout-out that John promised King, and it bears tribute musically to the Philly soul sound with the string arrangement and the backup singers echoing John. And on to the second verse. If you choose to, you can live your life alone. Some people choose the city. Some others choose the good old family home. I like living easy without family ties. Till the whippoorwill of freedom zapped me right between the eyes. And there you have one of the most interesting lyrics that Bernie Toppin ever wrote for Elton John to sing. 
The whippoorwill has a very distinct song that it sings, especially when doing its courting after sunset, making his mating call, trying to convince a female whippoorwill that he is the strongest and best bird in the woods. There are tons of folklore about whippoorwills, including that they're responsible for whether or not someone who hears their calls will marry, that they can cure bad backs, that they are bad omens if they sing too closely to a house, and that they are night gods, capable of turning a frog into the moon. Hank Williams sang about the whippoorwill in his classic I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. But not until Toppin and John set out to write this song did a whippoorwill zap anyone right between the eyes in the name of freedom in popular culture. That was one of the feel-good lines that Toppin came up with to sound good when John delivered it. The infectious chorus repeats as the song fades, a funky little number that seemed to sum up the spirit of America as it danced its way up the charts when it was released in 1975, on the eve of the 1976 American Bicentennial. It was one of six number one hits for John in the U.S. in the 70s, doing what it was intended to do, to the point that Elton John became annoyed with it, fearful that he was actually becoming overexposed on the radio. Still, he became one of the first white performers on the TV show Soul Train when he played this song on the show in May of 1975. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Philadelphia Freedom was released only as an Elton John Band single originally, and was not included on any album until 1977's Greatest Hits Volume 2 compilation. The B-side is a live recording with the Elton John Band and John Lennon, a rendition of the Beatles' I Saw Her Standing There. It was recorded at Madison Square Garden in 1974, John Lennon's very last concert appearance. When Philadelphia Freedom hit the record stands and the airwaves, both Elton John and Billie Jean King had a shared secret. They were closeted in terms of their sexual orientation. In the 1970s, it would have been career suicide for either celebrity to reveal their sexuality. And while Elton John skirted the issue in interviews for the most part, something happened to King that forced her hand in the matter. She was married to her husband, Larry King, as I mentioned earlier, but in 1981, she was outed by her former secretary, a woman named Marilyn Barnett, who both worked for and lived with King while the two were involved in a romantic relationship. Barnett had taken a fall in the King's Malibu home and became a paraplegic, and she invoked a California law claiming that she was entitled to community property and money due to the fact that she lived with King when the incident happened. Her lawyers sought half of King's income. All this compelled King to make the decision to become the first major female athlete to come out about her sexuality publicly in a televised press conference in 1981, 
saying that the two had been involved romantically, but that it had been a mistake. She won the palimony suit filed by Barnett, but lost millions of dollars in endorsements. Her fans, fellow tennis players, and her husband stuck by her through it all. Years later, in 1987, the Kings divorced, but remained on good terms even after splitting up. King said that her being outed was one of the hardest things that she had ever gone through. Meanwhile, Elton John was married to a female recording engineer named Renata Blowell from 1984 to 1988 when they divorced. And four years after that, in 1992, he told Rolling Stone magazine that he was comfortable being gay. He and partner David Furnish formed a civil partnership in 2005 in the UK when it became legal to do so and legally wed in 2014 when same-sex marriage became legal. Well before they respectively came out, Billie Jean King and Elton John formed the World Team Tennis Smash Hits, a charity event to support AIDS research, and King went on to serve on the board of the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which raises millions of dollars every year to benefit AIDS charities. By the time she retired from tennis, Billie Jean King had won 39 Grand Slam titles and changed the game for female athletes. Elton John is, of course, one of the best-selling music superstars of all time, and he was there to cheer King on, recognizing that her battle to topple sexism in sport extended to every aspect of modern society. King told CNN that she and John were going to make this world a better place to help humanity, bonded through their shared causes in the pursuit of equality. And with Bernie Toppin's help in making Philadelphia freedom so memorable, these two stars have indeed made the world a better place and indeed have shined a light, just like the song says. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and watch the video episodes and follow Behind the Song podcast on TikTok. If you have a song you'd like to hear more about in an upcoming episode, drop me a note in the comments and let me know. On the way, episodes about the lyrics of Boston, Genesis, and more. Classic rock and roll. Behind the Song is powered by DuPage Credit Union. If you're anything like my husband and I, spending this much time at home has made us think of all the home renovations we want to do. And with home equity loan rates the lowest they've been in years, it's the perfect time to kickstart your home renovations and talk to the experts at DuPage Credit Union. Whether you're looking for a fixed-rate home equity loan or a HELOC, they make it so simple to get the funds you need fast. For credit costs and terms or to apply, visit DuPageCU.com. That's DuPageCU.com. DuPage Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 445096. By Members' Choice, this institution is not federally insured.